Hello, I'm Laura Furiosi, divorced mother of three, and I'm here with my mother, Lynette Galvin, with 35 years' experience in family law. You're listening to the Divorce Course Podcast. Through our candid discussions, we hope to help you through your divorce or de facto separation. We will be answering the most commonly asked questions and covering the stages and steps that you will face on your way to freedom. Do you need to fill in a notice of child abuse, family violence or risk from the Federal Circuit and Family Court of Australia? This form is needed for certain parts of court processes. And today we're going to talk about what the form is, why you need to fill it out and what it's used for. And if you are interested, we will also have a link where you can click to where mum will talk you through how to fill it in. (laughs) Welcome, mum. Hello, Laura. Hello, everyone. And thank you for coming along today, Mum. Uh, we've been talking about different processes in the court hmm. system. We've talked about how to fill in. To an, yeah, response to an initiating application. In other words, if they've taken you to court, what you have to file. Yes. Yep. And if you if you are in that space, you can go back and listen to that episode because mm-hmm. we'll talk you through that as well. We also have a video that you can go and watch on our website that talks you through how to fill that form in. But today we're going to talk about the Notice of Child Abuse, Family Risk and Violence. So, Mum, what is this form and is, is it relatively new? It's not a new form, um, but the requirement okay. to file it with every children's case is new. So it's been around for years and you would f- fill it in if you're, you alleged there was uh, child abuse, family violence or risk. Uh, the court changed that uh, in uh, at the end of 2021 uh, when the courts mm-hmm. merged and now um, you must file it uh, for every single case even if you say no to answer no to every single thing, Okay. Um, right. So, so to, in that extent, so it's a it's must different. answer. Yes. But unfortunately, they didn't change the name of the document much. So it's still called a notice mm. of risk. And and the reason we thought we'd talk about it today, Laura, was that some people think, um, but there isn't any. I don't have. Why do I have to file it when I don't allege it? But yeah, it's mm. it's required. Okay, so it's kind of like a catch everybody, yes. pull it all in and then filter you through as opposed to hoping everybody's going to fill the form in if needed. Mm. Now it's not everybody's got to fill it in. And I guess uh, when you get to the court portal, if you're representing yourself and filing your documents yourself, it actually won't let mm-hmm. you complete the process of filing any of the other documents unless this is attached. Yes. It will say, have you attached your notice of risk? And if you haven't, it won't let you go to the next step. And if you don't file it and you get some other way around that and you still file it, they'll come back to you and say, you haven't yet filed your notice yeah. of risk. So this is an important form for everybody, whether there's any risk or yes. not. So what it is, I think, is the courts are asking every single person is there any child abuse, family violence or risk? Um, yes or no. Uh, but you still mm-hmm. have to reply because I think what was happening was people weren't filling it in and then later on mm-hmm. saying, oh, but there's been violence, but I just didn't fill in the form. Well, it's now the court is able to say, but, you know, if, if you've said no on this form, don't be raising mm-hmm. family violence later on. Uh, the court won't have it. Okay, so that's a really important thing to remember. And, and look, I know there are some listeners that have messaged us or, and they're worried yes, about saying, yeah. there's like, oh, well, look, I'd rather just settle everything mm. and not mention the violence because I don't want to cause any trouble or maybe they just weren't having a good day that day and you've got excuses mm-hmm. for them. But if you don't file and tell the court at the beginning yes. when uh, 
if there's been some sort of violence or harm and then you change your mind and you get down the track later, you've had some maybe some counselling and you've spoken to some more people or you've gotten more out of the process, you've gotten away from them and now you're not feeling so sorry for them, maybe then you're going to regret not feeling it in. So before you fill this form in, if you, if that is you, if you are listening and you know there's something that you should be reporting in this form, but you're hesitant to go and see a psychologist, go and speak to 1-800-RESPECT, ring one of the support lines and just talk through the situation. Because mum, like you said, what are the implications if there is family violence and you don't report it? Well, it's for the children, isn't it? It's for the children. So we're only doing this in children's matters and uh, the court Mm -hmm. just needs to know they've got an obligation under um, the Family Law Act to ask every person if there's been any violence and also if there's any, um, if there's been any uh, child abuse in in their relationship. So that's why they ask. Mm. Um, If things change, and there is a new, if there wasn't any family violence and you've answered no, and then there is an incident that's happened, you need to update your notice of risk. We, uh, we're we using a shorthand for it, aren't we, Laura, instead of saying notice of child yeah. abuse, family violence risk. So when we say notice of risk, we mean that document. Um, and mm. you, you need to file a new one every time there's an, a new allegation. Um, but, look, if you don't put it in your original one and then there is a subsequent event that you do report, it lacks the strength, I guess, of something that is, if it was the second time or third time that it's happened and you didn't report it. So um, you really have to be careful how you fill in these forms. Now, it's important that you, uh, if you're going through the children's processes, of course, this is general advice only. Mm-hmm. We do, of course, talk through uh, the Family Law Act and the sections and, and how it all applies in our other podcast episodes. So check those mm. out. But I know there are some people who have messaged us and said, I'm worried if I fill in the form and say there has been violence or they've viewed violence, because it also asks if the children have witnessed any mm-hmm. violence, that maybe the children won't be able to see their mother or their father and they don't want that. They're like, no, 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 I want their children to see both parents and I and they're worried that if they fill the form in saying that there's been violence or they've witnessed violence that somehow the children won't be allowed to see the other parents. So what do you say to that? I Mom? think if, if there's been violence and you're worried about whether the children can see the other parent, you're probably a little bit thinking, a little bit skew with. Um, and I think mm. that you need to, again, talk to counsellors and things like that. What you're prepared to put up with in the marriage is, is one thing, but the court now... Um, if the case is going to court, the court has the obligation of looking after the best interests of the children. And, you know, like we were talking about in an early episode, sometimes you're not in the right space and it takes a while for you to say, mm. oh, actually, do you know what? That was family violence, you know. So, mm. yeah, I, I, I think just do it. Just put it in. Um, the court will then pop it over um, so they have an obligation if there's any violence reported, they will immediately send it over to um, the relevant child welfare authority in each state. And the beauty of that is that if anyone else has made any complaints about this situation, that that agency will send the documents straight to the judge. So they've got the full picture. Um, most people um, would want to say what has happened. Um, most mm. people would. 
Um, so, but mm. yeah, you, you, it's really not a discretion anymore. The court has an obligation to make orders in the best interests of the children, and they can't do that if they're not holding all of the facts. So, and if you're worried about you know being responsible for kind of dobbing the other person in, like we've talked about, that the family court does have that priority of mm. the parent. The child has a right to both parents. If it's not safe yet, of course, there's other ways that they'll still see their parent through supervised access, mm. through through contact centres, through their grandparents Phones, being there with them, um, FaceTime, Zoom, Teams. Yeah. You know, our kids are tech savvy, yeah. and and look, and you're not the baddie no, dobbing in. If they didn't, you're just saying this is the yeah, situation. If they didn't want it spoken about. They shouldn't have done it in the first place. That's what you need to mm. hold in your mind. If if it hadn't happened in the first place, you wouldn't have to be reporting it. It's on on them, not on you. So, Mum, when this this kind of notice comes up, mm. it feels like it should be more of a domestic violence in the magistrate's court. So we've talked about this mm. before where, and, and we want to highlight this in this episode, in case this is the first one you've ever listened to, mm. can you explain why people feel like they might be repeating themselves if they're currently dealing with domestic violence issues in the magistrate's court and now they've come across to the family court and they're being asked to fill in pretty much the same form information again. So why is there this, <sighs> this Blame need to the do constitution. twice? Blame the constitution. Okay. So as at the time of recording this, which is in mid-2022, um, and I believe into the foreseeable future, uh, the state's are in charge of the apprehended violence orders or domestic violence orders in each state. So the state government runs those through your local county court or magistrate's court or whatever your state calls it. The family court, except in Western Australia, um, in Western Australia they have their own family court, but in every other state and territory, the family court has the power over things relating to the children from a relationship or the breakdown of a relationship. So, but that family court, um, using the power under the constitution, um, they have a marriage power under the constitution, is a Commonwealth government court. So that's your, you know, prime minister and all of them. And the DVs are run by premiers and they're, you know, so they're in charge of those rules. And at yet, as yet, they haven't satisfactorily found a way of talking to each other and sharing information. It's just awful. Um, but I'm hoping as the family court becomes more and more aware of the impact of domestic violence on, on so many cases uh, that even if the states don't give them the power, if, if the states don't surrender to the federal government the power to do domestic violence orders, they may at least hopefully set up a channel of sharing information between the two courts. That would be lovely because you do feel that sometimes would. like you're going through the abuse again, over mm. and over again. Mm. And and we do a, if anyone is listening and they feel like, oh, my goodness, I have to fill in another form saying the same mm. story that I've said to the police, that I've said to the magistrate's court, and now I'm going to say it to the family court. We've done an episode about chronologies on the one thing you can do to make 
uh, your divorce easier. And that is to create a timeline or a chronology on your laptop, on your phone, where you can put the date and the event of something that's happened and your notes so that you can always just go back and look at it. So when you're filling in this form, if you've already got the chronology that you've used, maybe you went to the police, you reported an incident on this date, and this is what happened. When you fill in this form and you can just flick back to yes. that because it does, it's going to ask you for dates and times. Um, and if you can print that out, then you can give it to the police. You can give it to the magistrate's court. You can, you, you know, can you can give it, it to your, your lawyer. affidavit or cut and paste it into yes. an affidavit if you've got it in a Word document. And that will help yes. you. But it is important to note if you've explained it to the police or if you've explained it to the domestic violence court that's in your state, the family court is not going to know about it. So you need to fill this it form in. So, Mum, can we just talk a little bit about um, the different types of abuse that they uh are asking that may have occurred the examples that they've given and maybe you could talk through mm. which is terrible but it's not just talking about physical oh, is no. it no no it's so it's, so it's mentioning it's, emotional yeah, psychological, emotional, psychological sexual. sexual and it is actually also includes financial abuse anything that coerces or controls uh, a member of the person's family um or causes mm-hmm. the family member to be fearful. So any controlling so behaviour and fearful, because we all know now coercive control um, is a, mm. um, a massive problem uh, in families and a pre- precursor and indicator really of potentially um, very serious harm or even murder. So that, that's, mm. that's one thing. And so they put some examples Yes, so the, so the examples yeah. are, do you need to fill in a notice of child abuse, family violence or risk form to file with your court documents? Feeling overwhelmed by the legal forms and the legal jargon? Well, Mum and I have got the solution for you. Jump onto our website, www.thedivorcecourse.com.au and click on the online courses link and download our one-hour step-by-step instructional video on how to fill out this form and more. Together, let's fill it out, take away some of the fear of doing it alone. Go to www.thedivorcecourse.com.au today. Yes, so the, so the examples yeah. are the physical Everyone knows abuse, that one. of course. Yeah. Where's the bruises? Yes. That's what the old, old police used to say. But there, it also has in there for another example of physical is giving the child harmful substances such as drugs, alcohol or poison. Yeah, and hurting your cats. Then there's an neg- yep. Neglect, failing to meet medical treatment, failing to give them adequate food or drink, failing to take them to school without a good reason, and then also exposure to family violence. So sometimes it might have happened between you and your ex-partner, but they were there or they had to clean up afterwards. And it's sometimes it's just even seeing the police come or the ambulance come. That's that's part of it. Um, Interestingly, um, a lot of people uh, say that they've, punched a hole in the wall and don't realise that that is domestic violence. Uh, threatening or actually mm. hurting an animal, your animal, is, a, mm-hmm. is domestic violence. Um, and also financial so, abuse. Ma- hmm. Yes, totally. And then, so, Mum, when when someone has, and we've, of course, we've got the video mm. that you can watch on how to fill these out, and we take you through each question of all 13 pages, and Mum explains to you what to do. Uh, so, uh, um 
This is either going to be with an initiating application, if someone's starting something in the court, or the response to an initiating application, mm. if someone, if you're responding to somebody else filing in court, or it, it also has to be filed with an application for consent orders. It does now. Yes. So if our listeners have agreed to their parental orders and they're signing it by consent, they're not going to trial, they're just putting it through mm. the system, they're filing this notice of risk. Uh, what's the point of it when it comes to consent okay, orders? The point of it is that the court will want to look at your notice of risk and see which of your orders that you propose address that risk to the children uh, so that uh, you might have an order in there for supervised time or supported time. I don't often see that in consent orders. Or you might have an order that uh, the person who committed the domestic violence um, uh, has is to undertake a course, uh, like a, a parenting plan course or a, a circle of security type course, so any of those ones, anger management course, whatever. So there needs to be something positive in there to signal to the court that you're taking it seriously and it won't happen again to minimise the risk of it happening again. Uh, so, okay. yeah, that's that's the way they do it. So they will go through and refuse to make orders um, if they don't address that. Now, one of the reasons for that is sometimes a person might have signed a consent order and sent it in, signed the application, but actually they're being pressured to do so and it's a continuation of violence and they don't have power. And so the court is not going to let an order go through uh, that doesn't address, at least for the children, um, the lack of, or it doesn't address the um, the violence or, or whatever it is that's inherent perhaps in the other parent. Even if you as the former spouse feel like it's okay and, and you just want peace at any price and if I, if I put that in, he's going to blow up and I just want it over, um, the court won't do that. The court will go, no, sorry, there's this risk. And when you file, when you sign a notice of child abuse, family violence or risk, um, and it's child abuse, family violence or risk of child abuse and family violence, um, you have to sign a little statement of, tr of truth. Uh, so it's not a sworn document which you do you're declaring that it's the truth so so people won't lie hopefully on that form and so if they don't lie on that form um, and you have to reveal something you'd better address it in your consent orders okay so that's important mm. to note if you're doing mediation and or creating your consent orders and and it comes up and you, you're not addressing any of it and it's just 50-50, we're going to see the kids, mm -hmm. this is how we're doing it. And then you file this notice of risk with it because it's mandatory and you do have to tell the truth and you put in there, there was some violence in the past. The court's going to say, hey, hey, wait, how does the court do that? Do they well, write an email no, to well, you? No, well, in a consent, yes, the, yes, in a consent order situation, you actually are applying for consent orders. So it's just like any other application to the court. When you apply to the court, you're going, hey, judge, can you sort this matter out for me? Here's my history and can you make some orders? And you get on that what we call the conveyor belt and you start trundling along to your hearing um, a year down the track or so where the judge makes a decision because you guys can't. A consent order, you still file that application and say, hey, judge, I want you to make some orders. But the difference is you go, and these are the orders we want you to make. 
um, and you file your signed orders with it. But it's still up to the court. It's up to the judge to, to, to whether they make those orders or refuse to make those orders. And they must um, put the child's welfare first and they will not um, usually find that, that the orders are in the best interests of the children if they don't address the concerns that were raised in the notice of child abuse, family violence or risk. So it's kind of keeping everyone honest because in the old days you would just sweep that, people could sweep that under the carpet um, and maybe they were getting a better deal in property or they just wanted out or maybe neither of them was particularly focused on the child because uh, they're too caught mm. up in their own pain and so the court takes that role very seriously. And so they'll email you and they'll say, no, we declined to make the orders. You haven't done this, this and this. Please relodge them. And they send it back. Okay. All right. So make sure you're not wasting everybody's time. If they're mentioning violence there, you need to be addressing Mm. it somehow in your your orders. Now, Mum, if if our listeners are about to engage a lawyer, so they've just been filed with a big bundle of documents served with initiating application or they're about to file because they can't Mm. sort it out through mediation it's just not working when you go and see that lawyer to keep costs down could you print out this notice of child and family violence and risk and fill it in yourself or is it better to leave it for your lawyer it's your document you're going to be signing it Um, but there's Mm. sometimes where you may have difficulty identifying something that is in fact family violence uh, so, you know, it could be like um, depriving them of food or you of food or not letting you go to church when, when you've always gone to church or uh, something like that. You know, so uh, fill it in but keep it as a Word document so you can give an electronic copy to your lawyer. That will give them the rundown of what's happening but they may drill deeper. I mean, and I think that's a good form because a lot of lawyers didn't used to drill down into DV, um, they would just take dates of birth, date of marriage, date of separation, look at the kids and, and work out a plan. Um, this forces the lawyers as well to take into account the family violence. And if you have quite a detailed history, maybe you could just print it out, fill it in with pencil or pen and just say, here's my draft mm-hmm. copy. This is what this is what's occurred so far, just to like maybe take some of the cost yes. out of it. Um, and then that way it's also giving a brief DV history of, of your well, relationship. Yes. But if you are not fully across what is violence mm. or what is domestic violence, particularly in the coercive control, even in post-separation mm. abuse, please go back and listen to the other episodes that we will link in the show notes where we really get down into the yes. nitty-gritty of, of what, what it is. And, and you know, some people just don't realise <laughs> until much later. Many people can't see it until they're out of it or until someone points it out mm. to them. Uh, it's very insidious and you become used to it and you go oh that's just him you know oh yeah we all know what he's like but we give you those Mm. flags don't we to look out for to see with this coercive Mm. control and it may be even in your reporting you may not even remember some things um but yeah hopefully this will trigger your lawyer to ask you and do you know what we talk about it don't we laura to ask your friends what they think of your ex and they'll have no problem yeah (laughs) Oh, I yeah. didn't like the yeah. way she did this. I didn't like the way he did that. Yeah. 
He told you he couldn't wear whatever you wanted to wear or the way, the way he wouldn't let you come and see me when I wanted yeah. to go be on a birthday party. And you party. used to say you weren't allowed to buy things or, you know, just all, yes, all of those yeah. kind of things. So, so, yeah. yeah. So, so maybe sit there and listen to the other episodes. Hopefully that will mm. jog your memory because sometimes if you have been through domestic violence or in that kind of situation, you do – Sometimes people have this forgetting situation, which is a coping mechanism to kind of get it out of your head. And, and then that, that way, when we have been talking to some of our listeners and then because we've discussed it, it's reminded them, oh my goodness, that that happened in 1923 or whatever, you know, a reminder. The two things that I think people need to do is, is look for Jess Hill, find her on YouTube and, and it's called See What You Made Me Do. Um, and she mm-hmm. talks about coercive control. She's absolutely a hero of mine. Um, and mm-hmm. I think that the the other thing you need to do is to, uh, like I said, talk to your family, talk to your parents and ask them um, what the situation was like for you. And if mm-hmm. you have filed a notice of child abuse, family violence and risk and said no to everything and then it gradually dawns on you, um, the other thing for sexual violence is to look at the videos. There was an ad that the British did, I think, about tea. About, about a, cup a cup of tea. Of tea yes. And that's very triggering, um, my goodness, um, that a lot yeah. of people don't realise that. So Jess Hill and a cup of tea. If you filled in a notice of child abuse, family violence or risk and didn't put anything in because you either didn't know it was violence or you blocked it out, doesn't matter, put one in now and explain mm-hmm. to the court that it wasn't until you got sort of away from the situation and started to look that you had these light bulb moments and thought, oh, my God, he has been controlling me or she. Mm. Now, a question. So if, if say, for example, someone has filed an initiating application on our listener today and they, of course, have also had to file a yes. notice of risk because they can't file anything without no, that either. You can't they can't. What happens if they've filed it and they've said, no, there's nothing, there was no abuse, there was nothing? Well, and then you file, uh, and then the, our listener files the response that does have mm. saying, actually, there's lots of it. What happens in the court then? The court just looks at each person's evidence separately. Um, his mm-hmm. or hers, if they say no, no, no violence. Usually they do that if it's them that was violent or controlling. Um, the court, that just goes through to the keeper. It stays on the file. The court takes action on the ones that are a pos- have a yes and have positive information. Right. Okay. So if you get served with an, an initiating application or their response and there is absolutely nothing on their notice of risk, it doesn't matter. Um, it's still going to be looked at and mandatory obligatedly sent to the Child Protection <laughs> yes. Unit. Ma- they, they, they okay. send it. And, you know, they they send their reports straight to the judge. And so in the okay. old days you'd have, to, you'd have your first court hearing and you'd say there'd been this violence but there was nothing from the child, from the Department of Child Safety or any of the um, reporting agencies until you issued a subpoena, got the subpoena returned, and that could be months, during which time presumably some kids were at risk during that time. So this is a much better mm. system. I think what it is, I've been pleasantly surprised to go to court about to make submissions about domestic violence and the risk to the children, and the judge says, words to the effect of, yes, Mrs Galvin, I have read the reports from the Department of Child Safety and they support your client's 
contention. So that's like it just it's just so much more efficient and safer for the children. That's great. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. So it's great that the Child Protection Agency speaks to the Family Court. It's a shame that domestic violence magistrates courts don't yeah, speak to the Family Court. Yeah, it's been a long time coming. But we're getting it's there. Been a, Baby it's steps. It's been a long time Baby coming steps. that child safety talking to the Family Court because that, of course, is state okay. as well. So if that is you, if you're filling in these forms, you're going to probably need at least a day to get I through this. I think a whole block of and chocolate and at least three yes. coffees. <laughs> Okay, and and get some support before you fill it in. Meet some of your friends, have a chat, meet your parents or family members, ask them, hey, can you give me some tips on, you know, is, is there something I should be raising mm. in this form because maybe you aren't thinking straight at the time or, you know, you're a little bit upset about I- it all. Go and see a psychologist, mm-hmm. explore what's been going on. Um, if you're worried about making the application, you're worried about putting that information in there, remind yourself that you've got to tell the truth and this is for your children's best interests. So if you're worried about your safety, ring at 1-800-RESPECT or ring the police and make a safety plan maybe if you're worried about their reaction to your filing this. But definitely without fail, you've got to tell the truth. Mm. Now, and, of course, this is all general of advice course. only. And if you need someone to hold your hand and walk you through filling in the 13 pages of really badly worded, <laughs> legally horrible questions, we've got... Mum here, a family lawyer of 35 years, who will happily walk us through it. We've got video lessons on how to do that. That will be up in a yes. week. Um, or obviously, if you're listening to this much later, it'll already be up there. Go to www.thedivorcecourse.com.au and we will talk you through how to fill this form in. And we wish everybody the best of luck mm. if this is relevant to you. If you just need to fill the form in and there's no family violence, still got to fill it in, just get it just done and no, no, send no. it on its way. Yeah. Um, but re- but remember, go and listen to some of those other episodes that we've done on family violence yep. um, and and coercive ask control your mom, as well. Ask your best friend. Ask your mum. Um, they'll go. Oh my god! Do you remember at that wedding when this 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 and this? You know. Mm. So you're going mm. to pick your mm. best points from that, and they'll yep. have dates. Yep. See. Yeah, and collate all those dates mm-hmm. and any other documents you've got from the magistrate's court because none of that is going to go across to the family court unless you put yep. it there. So thank you, Mum, so much for sharing your information on on, on what this form yes. is. Um, if anybody needs to download it, we will have had the relevant one as of August 2022. If you uh, can also go to the FCFCOA website and download your own, um, and of course, remembering this is general advice only. And if you if this has triggered you in any way, ring one eight hundred respect or Lifeline one three one 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 four. Thank you, Mum, so much for your time, okay, and thank you everybody for Good listening. Good luck, everyone. Bye, thank Laura. You. Bye. like to remind you that this podcast is general advice only and you should always get legal advice in relation to your particular situation and remember that the Australian laws may have changed since recording.